I'm Nicole Davidson, and this is the Negotiation in Real Life podcast, the show where we take the lessons learned in real life negotiations to help you build your negotiation toolkit. We'll be hearing from lawyers, entrepreneurs, and senior business people about their best and worst negotiations. Negotiation is one of the most important skills for success in business and in life, but it's a skill we are rarely taught. For many of us, we develop our skills purely through trial and error. We see what works, discard what doesn't, and if we're lucky, we'll have a few good mentors along the way. In this podcast, we're going to give you access to an even greater range of negotiation mentors. Enjoy this episode and please reach out if you have any questions. Today, we're joined on the show by Josie Ganjemi, the Director of Tax Debt Solutions Australia. Josie brings a wealth of negotiation experience from being a business owner and importer to being a tax debt collector with the Australian Taxation Office and now operating a consultancy which assists clients who have tax debts to get the best outcomes in their negotiations with the Australian Tax Office. In this episode, we talk about some of the challenges of negotiating against the Australian Taxation Office. We talk about Josie's experience in learning negotiation through that environment and give you some tips about how to manage these difficult tax debt negotiations. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the podcast, Josie. Thank you. Josie, before we get into this, firstly, thank you for coming on board, but I'd love for you to just give a brief explanation to our listeners of who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, as Nicole said, I'm Josie Ganjimi and I'm from Tax Debt Solutions Australia. I have previously worked at the Australian Taxation Office as a tax debt um, debt collector for their superannuation and also income tax and other taxes. Um, I was there for about eight years and, and then left there to start my own business. So now I help anyone that has tax debt. I help them um, find out whether we can reduce their tax debt as much as we can um, and also negotiate long-term payment arrangements or short-term, whatever suits the um, person with the tax debt. So I've been doing that for the last three years and it's been um, very enjoyable for me to see all the people that I've been able to help. Fantastic. And presumably not only are you doing those tax debt negotiations for your customers, but there'd be a range of other negotiations that you're involved in as part of your business. So can you just give us a, a sort of an understanding of overall, what sort of experience have you had over your career in different types of negotiations? So I've negotiated things like Cessna, not only tax debt, um, payroll tax as well. So for large companies with uh, a large amount of wages. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of dealings with the state revenue offices throughout uh, Australia. And uh, well, as you know, tax debt is federal. So I deal with all um, Australian taxation offices throughout all of Australia. It's got some, um, some really great contacts and relationships and people that I can rely on just to be there and, and um, consider any applications that I may put forward. Fantastic. So quite a long, you know, quite a large part of your career has been around negotiation. Where did you learn to negotiate, Josie? So I'd say the training really started at the ATO. So it was learning how to negotiate with people that had tax debt and trying to recover as much as possible. Sometimes I was too good at my job. 
And I see that now in, in, uh, in reflection that um, some people with tax debt will really promise to pay more than they can afford just to get the ATO off their back. And sometimes their payment arrangements are just not sustainable. So mm. that, that was, it was through experiences like that, that I was able to decide to leave the ATO and, and help other people with tax debt. I felt I could do a lot more good on this side than I could on that side. So it's really interesting that you say I was too good at my job. And, and what I'm hearing there is it's actually getting an outcome without looking at the sustainability and feasibility of that outcome. And, you know, one of the things I say to people in negotiations is it's not just getting the deal, but it's getting a deal that works. And so that sounds like it's been one of your learnings through that process. It really has. How has that changed the way that you negotiate now? Well, I now look further. I, I work really closely with the accountant. So I rely on the information that, I, that the accountant provides me to ensure that there is a sustainable payment arrangement. As an ATO debt collector, you couldn't do that. So it was really just ask some scripted questions, get the information, put it into a little macro that'll tell you whether the payment arrangement is sustainable or not. And so there was really no responsibility to ensure that the information was accurate. So in my role, um, because of the, the, the closeness that I work with with the accountant, I can safely say that the payment arrangements that I put forward are sustainable. Fantastic. And I want to come back a bit more to the specifics of what you're doing in a minute, but I want to come back a little bit to the, the path you went through to learn this, because you talked about having picked up those negotiation skills at the ATO. How much of that was on the job versus did you do any formal training in negotiation? So there was formal training, and I probably need to take that back a little bit, but prior to working at the ATO, I had my own importing business. So it was, you know, it was negotiating, I suppose, started there when, when mm. I started that business. And then at the ATO, there was some formal training. There's definitely a lot more then than there is now. There was six weeks of full-time training prior to going in. And then when you went in back then, it was, you know, you did direct penalty notices and stat demands. You did garnishes from start to end. You were case managing. And that, that just doesn't happen at the ATO. And that's where I feel like I learned quite a lot of those negotiating skills. And, I mean, I just continue to learn every day, Nicole, yeah. the truth is. Um, that I don't know everything and I, I learn something every day and that's that's a big part of my job that I love. You and me both. I think negotiation is one of those things you never stop learning. And yeah. I'm interested because you said there was a six-week full-time program getting you ready before you actually went in there. Mm. How much of that was geared around the what are you negotiating, you know, all the technical rules and, you know, how the taxes worked versus how do you actually have these conversations with people? Did you get much support on that side? No, in retrospect, I don't, I don't think there was much. Um, in, I mean, there's only so much you can fit into six weeks. So there wasn't too much on the whole negotiating with someone that has a tax debt. Um, it was more technical um, mm. training, learning about director penalty notices and stat demands and learning about the taxes, where do they come from, how are they applied. So it, yeah. was, it was that sort of training. The negotiating was really on the phone when you were talking to a taxpayer, mm. negotiating a payment. And often you really did have a lot of people, I think, that were that were saying yes to payments that they really couldn't afford. Yeah. I mean, as, as an ATO debt collector, you were told to ask for a payment in full. That was your first question. Um, and who can pay their debt in full? No one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, pre presumably that the KPIs that the um, staff at the tax office are given 
impact on how they negotiate as well. Yes, yes, definitely, very much so, yeah. very much so. There's a little bit of pressure there on ATO staff as well. So tell us a little bit more about the tax debt negotiation work that you're doing at the moment. Why would a client come to see you to get assistance negotiating with the tax office? Uh, the, well, clients come to me generally through an accountant or a broker or a lawyer, a liquidator, um, and it's really because... Uh, you know, the accountant might say, well, this is really out of my scope. Um, you need someone that specialises in negotiating. So I receive clients referred to me because all I do every day, all day is negotiate tax debt. So I'm establishing those um, connections with the ATO constantly every day. So I, I, I get better outcomes. And, you know, people like the, the people that do refer them to me know that and they realise yeah. that they're, gonna, so they're acting in the best interest of their client. So right now I'm, I'm working for a lot of construction and some consultants. And so what normally kicks this off? This is when a, what a quarterly tax debt comes in and the, the client goes, oh, my God, I just don't have the cash to yeah. pay this. Or is there is there a triggering moment for clients when they're coming to you? That's a really good question. So usually they have a tax debt for a little while prior to coming to me. I, I wish they would come to me sooner, but it just never happens. Things are usually, they've, they've lost their biggest client, but not just recently, a while ago, and they've been, you know, just trying to keep the business going. So in that time, they've accrued additional tax debt. Um, so it might be, yeah, loss of a large, very large client. It might be a misappropriation of funds by somebody, a trusted employee. Yeah, or it just might be underquoting for their jobs, you know, and uh, soon enough they find that they've got a tax debt that they just can't manage. Now, it's interesting you say um, that often the tax debt's been accruing for a while and, you know, certainly in a very different space, one of the things I've been doing recently is a lot of mediations between commercial landlords and tenants. Mm. And one of the things that makes it harder to get the negotiation across the line is where the tenant has failed to communicate in the early stages with the landlord and in those cases often that the relationship is breaking down by the time the negotiation starts now obviously relationship between landlord and tenant is quite different but what's the impact for someone going to the ATO when that debt is sort of relatively new and relatively small does that make a difference to how the ATO perceives the issues Oh, absolutely. I, I always say to people, you know, engagement is key. And the earlier you engage, the more options you have. You don't want to direct a penalty notice issued for a debt that makes you personally liable. So that only happens generally when you've been ignoring your debt. So you can avoid that by engaging early and addressing the debt, having that conversation, starting that relationship, mm. um, building a, a good trusted relationship with the ATO. And if, I think if you do that, you find they'll be there for you time and time again. No, it's it's so important, isn't it? And, you know, I guess the other thing that comes up for me is, you know, when I look at negotiation, one of the really key things to look at is the relationship between the parties. What difference does it make by bringing in someone like yourself who has experience within the ATO compared to someone trying to go it alone? The ATO um, know of me, so, you know, it's usually the same case officers that are handling tax debt. So once they uh, they know that I'm, I'm involved in negotiating, there is a sense of comfort um, because my relationship is built on trust. 
uh, with the ATO, they know that I only represent genuine clients that really do want to pay their tax step back. They just need the ATO to be a little understanding. So once they understand that I am involved, it does provide them a sense of comfort and yeah, they yeah. are much more amenable to, to negotiations. And to what extent do you find yourself negotiating not with the ATO, but with the client to actually manage their expectations of what's reasonable? And how do you go about doing that? All the time, all the time. So that's really how where things start for me. The negotiating starts with me sitting down with the client, explaining what the situation is uh, and what their, their best outcome could be. So a lot of clients want me to compromise, to apply for a compromise of debt. So reduce the primary debt. And that's a rarity. And I can honestly say in my entire career, that's only ever happened once. The ATO really, the, the, the criteria for compromise is so difficult to meet that often those applications are refused. Okay. So the best you can hope for is a remission of all interest and penalties, and that needs a very good application. So that, yeah. is, that is the expectation that, that I need to... Um, relay to my clients so they understand what the optimal outcome is going to be and um, and then expectation of reducing a primary debt is yeah I removed that from the table. It's really interesting isn't it knowing what the alternatives are because here presumably you know when I talk about once again when I talk about negotiation with people and I'm preparing for negotiation one of the important things to look at is what happens if we don't have a successful negotiation now, presumably you're in a situation with the ATO where if you don't have a, a successful negotiation, you're going to be stuck with what the legislation says you owe. Absolutely. Um, I do take, you know, it's not just one bite of the pie for me. Um, if I, I, I have had a refusal in the, in the past, um, I don't give up. I'm quite tenacious, Nicole. Um, and I just keep going until um, the outcome is something that we can all work with. And what's the downside for the ATO? Because to, to bring them to the negotiation table, I guess there's got to be some reason that they will give up. Because as I said, I mean, they've got legislation that says this is how the tax is calculated. This is how the person, is, you know, how much they're obligated to pay. And if they don't, these are the penalties that we can apply. There's got to be something that is going to make them more willing to move away from that. What are some of the things that the ATO cares about when they're looking at how they might compromise or you know, what sort of waivers they might give in a situation like this? So they'll, they'll, in terms of waivers, um, I think what you mean is a remission of, of uh, mm. interest. And so uh, they'll, they'll consider an application on its merits. They'll look at the extenuating circumstances and what's outside their control, and they'll make a decision. They'll use their discretion to make a decision, and they can do that. And the reason they would do that is because they do recognise that the circumstances were outside their control, and they want to make sure that they provide that sort of understanding and flexibility to people that have experienced some hardship along the way. So um, that that's what is within their... Um, their ability to do, and they and they they use that discretion to do that. Not always. Some sometimes there is no um, no reasons for a debt other than they just didn't pay the debt, and those yeah. those applications will be refused. Those applications for remission, um, you do need to provide some very very strong extenuating circumstances. And one of the things I know certainly from my experience across the insolvency industry is that the ATO is often a petitioning creditor in bankruptcies and liquidations. Have you had experience of having to negotiate for clients to avoid that situation coming oh, about? 
all the time. I mean, my motto for my business is I help you avoid liquidation and bankruptcy. So you can come to me and I'll definitely work my best to help you avoid that. And I'm very successful at doing that. However, there are times when somebody simply can't pay their tax debt and they will have to consider liquidation or bankruptcy. And that's not something I'm involved with. I'm involved with helping them avoid that. Um, and there are definitely some good people out there that can help people that have to consider bankruptcy and liquidation. And so, Josie, based on your experience and all of the many tax debts that you've negotiated, both for the ATO and against the ATO, what are some of the top tips that you would give to listeners when they've got to manage tax debt negotiations? So as a business owner, I think you should always try to put money aside. Don't ever expect to have that money there sitting in a bank account when you're doing your income tax return. You should always be putting money aside throughout the year. And I always say about 30 to 40% is, is, I know that sounds high, but you'll be so happy when, you, when it comes time that you need to pay that tax debt. And that money is in the account ready to be paid. It's, it's really, it's a great feeling. It's not always possible, and I know that. And if you do have tax debt, and my tip is engage early, really need to engage early. It makes all the difference and you get the best outcome from the ATO when you do engage early. Fantastic. I think it is, it's, it's that whole ability to show that you are trying to take positive action rather than taking advantage of the situation or just trying to stick your head in the sand. Yes. Um, and I think that's great advice, not just for tax debt negotiations, but for any conflict that's starting is having those conversations early prevents escalating conflict and worse outcomes. Thank you. So look, that's been a really interesting discussion about your tax debt negotiations and how that fits. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Or do you have any questions about negotiation that you'd like to add in? Well, I don't at the moment, but I have your number. <laughs> <laughs> I will call you, Nicole. Fantastic. All right. Well, Josie, thank you very much for appearing on the Negotiation in Real Life podcast. If people want to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? They could call me directly at the office on 1300 310 469. Fantastic. Thank you very much for coming and for sharing your experiences. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Negotiation in Real Life podcast. If you've taken away some great tips from this episode, I'd love to hear about it. So please connect with me via my website or LinkedIn. If you're enjoying the podcast and would like to learn more tips to improve your negotiations, head to our website, nicoledavidsonnegotiation.com.au, where you can follow my blog, watch presentations and download resource sheets. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you get every episode as it comes out. If you have an interesting negotiation story that you'd like to share with my audience, head to the website and complete a guest application. Until the next episode, happy negotiating.